Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Beardy Bunch podcast. My name is Dandruff Chorus, and I am joined tonight by Willie Bids and No Chill, son. It is episode eight. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing fantastically, Father. How are you, my dear Joseph Chilson? There is definitely no chill here. This is all serious business. Very serious business. I've never seen you look more serious. I will also say that I have often been called no chill will. So um, it definitely fits. How are you, Dad? I'm great. I had a horrible week, but like today has been a total 180 on that. That is great to hear. I'm, I'm pretty pumped up myself. We've got a big show in store for everyone. We have perhaps the biggest video game event of the year, or should have been, when we're talking about E3 2021, which just passed for us this week. So we got a bit of a bit of exciting business on the way. And uh, I think that's going to take up the most of our discussion. Does anyone have any other topical news besides the E3 news? Well, I know E3 just happened, so you know, Whoa, maybe we can talk about it. that. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Where was I? Uh, I know we were all working. It flew right under our noses, but I found out just this morning that E3 happened. That's crazy. I That's know. wild. I thought we were doing an episode on our Christmas shopping list. We could be, in theory, now that we know that E3's come and gone. <laughs> that is true. I think mine's going to be a birthday shopping list because a lot of these games that I'm excited for actually come out in October, which happens to be the month of my birthday. I'm a spooky child. Oh, I never knew that. And now I do. We're all learning. So I think probably the biggest thing to say is that E3 came and went. Uh, A lot of people are saying that it was a relatively disappointing showing this year. How do you feel about that, Joe Chilson? I agree. Um, it just felt to me like they weren't prepared for a big conference like this. I, it almost felt to me like they were expecting E3 to be canceled, and then they found out last minute that it was happening. They were like, oh, shit, throw something together. Especially because a couple of the smaller conferences just felt like, like you, were, you waited for them. You were in the lobby with the countdown. All these people were in chat. Everybody was excited. And then it started and everyone was just like, this this is it? This is all they're showing us? It felt like they were wasting a lot of our times with some of the stuff. Some of it could have been sent out in like a tweet and just been like, okay, here's a, here's a thing that's happening without making a whole song and dance out of it. Yeah, I agree. I think that overall, from what I saw of the event, which admittedly was very limited, I was a very busy boy this week, uh, there were a few things that caught my interest. But overall, I think that I was pretty much left a little bit, I'd say, not disappointed, but it just left me cold. And I thought, am I getting old to the point where these games are being announced and I'm just like, "Uh, fuck it, I'll probably just keep playing the same shit I was playing this year. You know, there was a few things that obviously grabbed me, but yeah, it just didn't, it didn't tickle me the way previous years have. What about you, Dan? How did you feel about E3 this year? I liked a little bit of what I saw. But 
and then I and I agree with a lot of people where it was pretty disappointing for an E3, you know, a really big conference, especially when they didn't do anything E3 wise last year. Um, yeah. And to like further that, they had 36 separate showcases. And of that 36, which I'll get to more later, there are only eight games that I'm interested in. Okay. Like those 36 whole conferences that had multiple games in them. And I'm only excited for like eight that they showed. Mm, okay. What are those eight games? Would you like me to jump into that now? Well, actually, let's start with our quote of the week. I think we need to start with our quote of the week to really set the mood before we devolve. <laughs> yeah. And I actually have a very topical quote of the week that's going to tie into at least one of the games that maybe, maybe we'll talk about. Um, but it's actually, and I've never played a Far Cry game, but this is a quote that really struck me from one of the earlier Far Cry games. And that quote is, you can't break a man the way you break a dog or a horse. The harder you beat a man, the taller he stands. Hmm. I love Don't that. break dogs or horses. Hey, don't break anyone. Well, I mean, be kind. It's a good quote. <laughs> I do like it, quote. but also PSA. Just, just don't hit animals we, either. <laughs> we don't support this idea. We here at the Beardy Bunch podcast do not support any breaking of any animals or any people. Yeah. Well, well some people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Joe needs a good breaking in. Let's be honest. No. If Jesus, anyone yeah. needs to be broken in, if anyone here, Joe, wild, you can try. Chaotic. <laughs> you can try. Both Joes need to be broken a little bit. <laughs> the, the tale of the two Joes. Speaking Ooh. of Joes, um, which Joe are we greeted with today? Which Joe is is you're, podcasting with us? You're you're just gonna have to wait and find out. That's that's my secret. That's just ominous as hell. <laughs> if we start to hear large splats of liquid just hitting the floor, just. Then we know we've been it's regular by, Joe. Yeah. Then we know we've got Joe <laughs> Joe. And it's regular got, Joe. And in the background, <laughs> I've got the, the Super Saiyan Goku scene playing on repeat yeah. all while we're recording. That's how yeah. I get myself motivated. Joe, yeah. do you do you have a tablet? Like like an iPad or an Android tablet or something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of your streams, don't ever announce when you're going to do it. I would love for you to set it up plugged in behind you somewhere with a <laughs> with a gif of of Goku going Super Saiyan for the entire stream. And I want you to never acknowledge that it's there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will. I'm not going to say when it's going to happen, but I'll That's do it. Perfect. It's like huh. I... I for those of you the VOD may be gone by now, but a few months ago I did a stream where I set up my work monitor so it was in camera and I had that gif of Gandalf where he's nodding and looking like a crazy person <laughs> the whole stream and I streamed for like six hours. Uh, wow! No one said anything about it. <laughs> I guarantee if I do that, someone will say something. I mean, I would. But, I yeah. give them five minutes before someone brings it up. I will purposefully not say anything about it if I notice when you do it. Okay. Because I have insider knowledge that you might do it. So, But it's also going to happen immediately. Like, as soon as your camera comes on, someone will be like, oh, because that's just the way it works. It's true. We we do have that bunch. But now that we've said this and put this out to the universe, everyone's going to ignore it and just leave it hanging without any acknowledgement whatsoever. And that's going to be... Now they're all going to be expecting it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to wait a while before we spring it on them. 
we won't see Super Saiyan Goku for like three years worth of streams. <laughs> three years in like in 2024, one random stream just gonna be like, I just busted out. This is the day. <laughs> now we're talking. This is what I'm excited about the most in life. And there's going to be that one guy in chat that's like, oh my god, I remember when they talked about this. It was It'll episode be- 8 of the Beardy Bunch podcast. <laughs> it could be Red Nut. Yeah, Red Nut pop will. in and be like, oh, I know this part. <laughs> gonna, I made a meme of this. He's going to make a meme about it for sure. I mean, it won't oh, be too hard. Man. Probably one of his easier ones he's had to make. Especially after the last one where he, where he put us in, the, in like a lounge room and it looked like it was my lounge room watching you cream, which is just wild. That, dude, he's he's a machine. So like, yeah, it's just like I wouldn't have thought to put together what he puts together. Yeah, like I would have thought like someone might draw it or make like a joke about it, but he does these amazing like, but bad Photoshop edits. Yeah, so good. <laughs> It's it's oh, like stock images. Uh, it is art of the highest caliber. <sighs> hmm. So, before we start talking about cream and and jism yet again, uh, we were going to find out what your list of eight anticipated games were, so Joe and I can react to them and see if we agree or not. Okay, okay. So I'm going to leave the, be- the the best two for last, yeah, because I have a lot that I can say about both of them. Um, so starting off, I am actually really excited for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. It's the fantasy-esque spinoff of the Borderlands series. Looks like it's going to be set in a fiction, like obviously fictional. It's already fictional, but like a, <laughs> like a D&D-esque world with it's a looter shooter in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, looks really, really fun with the chaos that is Borderlands. And I... I get burned out on Borderlands really easily, but if it's that kind of setting, I, I, I'm hopeful that I won't burn out on that one easily. So it's on my radar, but it's like it's not my number one, you know. I I just really hope they don't drop the ball because they absolutely dropped the ball on um, Godfall. That came out it was the launch title for the PS5. That game was Snooze City. <laughs> well, mm. I I I will say the the tiny Tina's uh, whatever DLC it was from the other borderlands game. If that whole game is anything like that DLC was, it's going to be really good. Yeah. The DLC was really fun. Um, Second game. I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested in that planet of Lana game. Did you guys see anything about that? don't believe i did mm, uh yeah. it's called a, it, it's classified as a cinematic puzzle adventure game um and it's about this girl and her cat-like companion they are going through a world that's um uh i think like hand painted it's going to be like simultaneously like lovely but like terrifying and it's got very limbo-y vibes so i'm kind of excited yeah i saw the I saw a video that was going through the best of E3 and that was pretty high up on the list and looked beautiful. So, but then again, I've never been one to play a game just because of the way something looks, but uh, I could be tempted because it it does look like a beautiful game. So hopefully that delivers. I would like to see more about it Mm. for sure. Now you mentioned Limbo. 
and yeah. I don't want to like steer us away from your list, but I don't know if how commonly known it is, but one of the games that was announced during the Microsoft press conference, um, one of the smaller indie looking games called Somerville oh, is yeah. actually by one of the creators of Limbo and Inside. Yeah, I was going to mention that. that Somerville is probably the game I'm looking forward to most um, out of all the games announced. Uh, maybe except for a couple, like Starfield, but we'll get into that, I'm sure. I'm excited to talk about Starfield, because mm. I'm not excited at all. So next on my list is going to be that Rainbow Six Extraction game. I was really pleasantly surprised by how interesting it looked, because I've played Rainbow Six Siege, and I like the old Rainbow Six Vegas games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Extraction is like... It, it, it's kind of like aliens. It's it's aliens meets the Rainbow Six formula. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from what I understood from the trailer, if you die, technically you're not failed out. You are captured and your squad has to go back and get you. And so there's like a second chance sort of situation. Okay. And then you have to get out. It looks super cool. And like I may not buy it immediately, hence why it's not at the top of my list. But I think Joe echoed my sentiment about this too when we watched it together is it looked so much more interesting than we thought it would. And I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. Yeah, I know. I said a couple times during the, the Ubisoft press conference during that segment, um, normally I would not play a game like that. I'm not a first person shooter. I'll leave all the talk about Halo and all that stuff up to you guys. Cause I don't, I'm not a big fan of first person shooters, but watching that trailer, that game looked legitimately interesting. And I really like how it had some horror aspects to it. I didn't expect that from a Rainbow Six game. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it too. I, I've i played Siege a little bit, and I, I like it enough. But I think that uh, the Vegas games were very much up in my alley. And I think that this game is going to be a lot like that. So I'm very much excited about uh, this game. And it, it looks kind of XCOM-y too. Like it's got that sort of alien invasion feel. It's going to be interesting to see how it, actually plays to see if it is going to be i haven't seen any gameplay of it but i haven't i don't even know if it exists but it looks like it i'm hoping that it's more rainbow six than left for dead it so there was a little bit of gameplay they showed after they showed the cinematic trailer which was nice because i thought they'd cut it off after the cinematic mm-hmm. trailer um and it is very rainbow six like you've got your corner peeking your cover to cover you're down and very quickly if you're getting hit it looks it honestly it looks like they took rainbow six siege and got rid of the ai and dropped in an alien invasion and okay. i'm okay with that yeah that's awesome so next up slime rancher 2 I'm really excited for that. I haven't played the first one. I know it's cute and everybody uses it. It has told me it's a great kind of like sit back and relax kind of game. And I do want to try it, but I wasn't really interested in trying it until I saw the trailer for Slime Rancher 2. Slime Slime Rancher 2. And I was like, oh, you know what? This does kind of seem like something I would want to try because it's it's equal parts like cute and like kind of creepy with like you going into caves and finding these re- weird slimes and things attacking you and uh it just seems like a fun relaxing kind of build yourself up sort of game yeah okay i can definitely see myself sinking a lot of time into a game like that yeah i could see you only catching one kind of slime for the entire game <laughs> and you've got just this massive army of the basic slime or something and you refuse to catch any other slime are, or are there hot dog slimes creators of of slime rancher 2 
if there's not a hot dog slime in this game, you're you getting, just lost you're yourself getting, a customer. You're getting two <laughs> thumbs down from Jay Chili. <laughs> I'm uh, I personally am gonna take this opportunity to say that if you are the developers of Slime Ranchers too, please come on the podcast because uh, we've asked the beards to be on. So now I guess we're going to extend that invitation to the developers of Slime Rancher 2. What if we just ask all the developers of all the games we talk about today mm-hmm. to come be on the podcast? Yeah, if anyone wants to come on, if Todd Howard wants to come on, just hang out for a bit. I promise I'll keep these two animals at bay while we talk about Starfield and why it's going to be an enjoyable experience for everybody. Maybe Todd Howard can let us know what Starfield is and what it's going to play like. Since we have no idea. <laughs> I think we know what it's going to play like. We know it's going to be Fallout in space without that. And that's basically it, I reckon. I think that's what it's going to play like. And I think everyone else knows that's what it's going to play like too. Are you ready for my, my next one? It's a bit of a hot take, actually. Okay. Oh, we're okay. ready. I'm excited for Stranger of Paradise, the Final Fantasy origin game. Okay. I understand that that entire trailer because everyone's just making fun of it right now because the main character looks like that friend you take to a convention with you (laughs) who doesn't cosplay, which is a hilarious meme. And the entire trailer was just, I have to kill chaos. Mm, Where's chaos? Oh, I'm here to kill chaos. 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 So, like, it was a lot of chaos. I, Um, I just don't like the fact that if this is supposed to be the origin of the first Final Fantasy game, what... Why not keep the fantasy aesthetic? I think that would be really cool for them to go back to like their roots and do something with like instead of keeping the grungy anime style that they've been stuck in for the last couple of Final Fantasies, why not go back like what they did with Final Fantasy Nine, where they kind of went back to their roots and they did like a cute little fantasy adventure. I would love to see that. I'd love to see them go back to that sort of play style. I could I can see where that argument comes from. Arguably, though, I mean, the the art style and the build around original the original Final Fantasy one is cutesy, but that's mostly because of the hardware they're doing. That story is really dark. The, the um, story was, but like, I can't see these characters as they're being portrayed, like the main the characters in the playable characters, presumably the playable characters in the game being in any way related to the playable characters from the original Final Fantasy. They just feel like they're worlds apart. I think they literally are. But that doesn't make sense if it's a prequel. It should feel like it ties in directly. From a storytelling standpoint, it just feels like, to me, this is like, ah, we're in between development cycles on a big Final Fantasy release. Let's just get a bit of a cash grab and just call it a prequel series just to get a bit more interest in it. Like that to me is what it looks like. And it may be that, but I, I put a little theory in my discord and I'm going to reread it because I do kind of stand behind the theory. I kind of hope it's one of these things. I'm not saying it's my most anticipated game. I'll probably still play it just because I do enjoy the, the combat that is built into the newer final fantasy games. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I, what I said was, I'm 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 pretty into the origin story for Final Fantasy One. I'm wondering if it's a tragedy. Like, do these warriors kill chaos and then send Garland into the world of Final Fantasy One, where they are then reborn as those OG heroes, like hundreds of years later or whatever? Do they lose and it's their last ditch effort sending everyone to that other world, or is it a total stalemate and they all get stuck? And that's why that's what then leads to the memory wipes. 
and then mm. starts, you know, Final Fantasy one. So like that's what I'm kind of viewing it as. It's not I don't I don't think it's going to be like like grungy cosplay boys fighting Garland for some reason. And then it doesn't end up tying in. It may, it may be like that. But those were my three kind of theory ish sort of like why everyone wakes up in no memories in Final Fantasy one. Um, mm-hmm. But they're already the Warriors of Light. Hoping that's that's gonna happen, but we we won't know. We won't know for a while. I'm I'm a little bit concerned that this is another case of Tetsuya Nomura just kind of taking the reins and being like, "We're taking the story over here." Sort of like what happened with the Final Fantasy VII remake, which I I love the Final Fantasy VII remake. I defend it to all the the purists that wanted the story to stay exactly the same. I kind of like the direction it went. But I'm concerned that it, this is going to be another case of that, and it's going to get a lot of backlash for that reason. I'll pl- I'm going to play it myself. I love Final Fantasy. I'm going to play the game when it comes out, and I'm going to hope that it's it's really good and I'm wrong about my worries. Um, but that's my concern, is that it's, it's another issue where it's taking this simple story from Final Fantasy 1 and throwing in that mix that's going to make it really convoluted and it's going to get to Kingdom Hearts levels of overly saturated storyline. You know, if I'm honest, when I saw the trailer, I thought it was going to be another uh, Dissidia game, the Final Fantasy fighting game, because like those are chaotic for the sake of being chaotic. Throw all the protagonists into one game and let them fight. I think that's great. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. what I thought it was at first. And then when they said it was an Origins game, I was like, huh. <laughs> Square also seems like they they're they're putting a lot of eggs in a lot of different baskets right now. Like they have a Final Fantasy VII remake series that they still mm-hmm. haven't finished. Now they're starting another origin story. They're also working on Final Fantasy XVI. Um, supposedly, according to the the Kingdom Hearts Instagram, they're working on the next Kingdom Hearts game. So it seems like they're spreading their Final Fantasy universe, if if that's what we would call it, very thin. And they're just kind of like, we're just going to like shotgun it. And like, this game's coming out, this game's coming out, this game's coming out. Yes, I'm a little bit concerned about the FFU as well. I think that generally speaking, but that's just developers, isn't it? Like they just end up yeah. having a million irons and a million fires. And then they just sort of go with the flow with what sticks and if it doesn't stick, they just cancel games left and right. I don't think that's going to happen with Square, but I just think that it's... I think that they're going to have to have lots of irons and lots of fires for the next 10 years to, you know, get everything out in the way it want to work. I really thought they were building, because they just released the, the, the PS5 edition of Final Fantasy VII with the added Yuffie story, which apparently there's some big twist. I haven't played it yet. Um... But that's what I thought. Like, I thought this was like the interlude to this next part of Final Fantasy VII. I thought that was going to be the the big thing. Like, they added this expansion, and now they're working on the next part of Final Fantasy, which they may be, and they may just not be ready to talk about it. But um, it just it seems like it's getting pushed to the side. I don't think it is. I don't think I don't think they want to bring anything to the table for a part two of a game that people are already really excited for before they have a release date set. So I, I get the feeling we won't see anything until either late this year, like in October for mid next year, or we won't see anything until next year for later next year. Um, my hope is that uh, Final Fantasy seven 
remake part two electric boogaloo comes out next (laughs) year but i feel like with the rate that releases are going and you know like labor being cut back obvious for obvious reasons due to that pandemic that rascal pandemic um we probably won't see it till 2023 maybe i mean as sucky as that is Mm. it took an adjustment for people to start working from home yeah and now they're in the swing of it but yeah i mean I've I've been nursing a half chub for Mass Effect Four since the Game Awards, so like we have to probably wait until twenty twenty six to get that sucker in our hands. So we all have waiting to do. We all I've got my hand on your half chub. I'm waiting with you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that somebody's in this with me. I'm. We're in it together, Billy. Through thick and thin, through through calm and through storm. The worst thing is the when you said hand on a half chub, the only thing I was thinking about was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I was thinking hand on a half chub, <laughs> just as like a nice little jingle for the beady bunch. Listen to the beady bunch. That feels like the porno version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> anytime, anytime, anytime we derail, you'll need to splice this audio in, or it's yeah. just me going, you and I, if you'd like, hand on a half chub, mm. and Listen then it just like that. cuts over, and it's like. Here we are in the lewd section of the podcast. What was that? That was Cox doing something. <laughs> okay, it scared me. That, spooky, um, it? it sounded like something broke. I think it was the um, door handle falling off a door. We got a loose door handle. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, we'll move on from that. That's yeah. not important. Uh, was that five games? Uh, I don't know what this, it was. This is your list. This I know, but list. I'm just looking at okay, the hang list. On, hang on, you hang just on. mentioned. You're reading the I'm list. Stuck. Are you making this up as you go? I have more things on the list than the eight. I'm picking my favorites out of those, like the 12 or 13, maybe 15. Why don't you just say you have 15 games to discuss? Because there's more things to talk about than shut up. I'm moving on. This is like the time I looked up those anime quotes. (laughs) This is like the time I looked up the top 10 anime quotes and there were 15 of them. The next game I'm really excited for is Guardians of the Galaxy. I was pleasantly surprised with how fun that looks. It looks like Mass Effect Mm. in a Guardians of the Galaxy-esque game. And that looks awesome. I love all the choices. I love the style of everybody. Very similar to their actual like comic book counterparts um, with like whoever may be voicing them thrown in as well. Mm. Um, I love the the guy who's doing Star-Lord. His voice is like perfect. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the dude from College Humor. The guy Adam ruins everything, I think, is his mm. his whole shtick yeah it sounds and kind of looks like him i haven't looked it up to confirm but it it's kind of sounds like him yeah um if i'm wrong don't at me all right listen i'm i'm an, i'm i don't look things up i just talk all right i'm a professional uninformed speaker of course um i don't really have much else to say about it uh guardians of the galaxy looks dope I mean, I'm excited to see Joe's chaotic playthrough and where he unfriends everybody in it and they all abandon him at the end. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm super excited for it too. I'm I'm a big Marvel kid, always have been a Marvel kid, so I am very much on board with this. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, watch it. I was going to say play it, but I was thinking about streaming it and I don't know if we'll be able to stream it because I reckon it's going to have a lot of copyrighted a music lot in of it. Copyrighted so music, yeah. like, this is going to be an interesting thing to see if there's going to be a, a possibility of if that'll make the game feel like different if you're not hearing that music um because obviously with the with the 
with the James Gunn movies, this looks like a perfect amalgamation of comic books, guardians and movies, guardians, bringing them both together in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited to play it. I mean, I love the guardians. So yeah, I wish they made rocket British though. If they made rocket property, properly Cockney, like he should be in the comics. That would have been, that would be an enjoyable rocket. I'd love a Cockney rocket. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty excited. I got two more. Okay. All right. Are you sure? I've, I've regathered my list, Joe. Okay. Uh, so my second is also my second most excited for game, and Joe's gonna Joe's gonna react to this one for not being my most most excited for one. Uh, Elden Ring. I'm I'm second most excited for Elden Ring. Elden Ring looks amazing. We it was actually a gameplay trailer, which they didn't. I didn't. I don't think they said that, but everyone went back and they confirmed it later that it was like the whole game, the whole trailer was done with a cinematic camera in engine in gameplay, like it was actual fighting the weapon arts, which I found out are not just specific to weapons anymore. You can actually assign them to other weapons. Um, and they confirmed it's like, I think it's four player co-op if you want it to be. Um, there can be mounted like battles, but if you're in PVP, you can't get on your horse. So there's like there's like a limitation if someone invades you um, and a couple other things. I'm really excited for Elden Ring. I have been for years. I thought it might have been a myth for, for a long time because, well, we know why. Um, and and it's real and I'm very excited. Uh, Miyazaki has done a couple interviews since um, since the announcement, the original trailer. Uh, we we actually know quite a bit about the game now. And one of the most exciting things I think is they're talking about how customizable your combat style is going to be. There's going to be like customizable skills that are able to be utilized across the grade as far as like weapons. Um, and there's also apparently some kind of like system where you can capture enemies like Pokemon style and you can make them fight for you, which is kind of interesting. I want to do that. Okay. I want to capture the stupidest enemies possible and just make them the most powerful things. Everybody's very excited about there's like a pot monster they showed in the trailer. Vani every- started that hype. Everybody <laughs> wants to capture the pot monster. Oh my god. Um that's so wild. I'm pretty excited about it now that I'm a Dark Souls pro. Uh now that I've killed two bosses. I was so night. happy for you. Suck when on they that, told me in the morning. Room. I woke up to the news that you beat the Moonlight Butterfly and the two gargoyles, and I was like, Billy, my boy, I'm so proud of you. Damn Skippy, I did. Now I'm equally lost. Sounds about right. You're, you're headed toward the nightmare. You're headed toward, the. I think the next boss is the the absolute worst boss in the game, in my opinion. Although I don't think you have to fight it yet. You can skip it. Capra Demon. <clears throat> Oh, don't you, don't you remember my rage filled tangent of me screaming as after... I as I run down this hallway of enemies? No, I'm not fighting the enemies. I'm just going to the boss. That was amazing. It was it was this rage fueled. And I at one point was like, this boss is optional. You can skip it. And you missed it. And May was like, don't tell him again. 
we'll just let this happen. And you finally beat him. And I was like, congrats on beating that optional boss. And it was just like, what? That was also when you were screaming at me to go get the, the weapon that eventually became the weapon that I played the entire rest of the I, game with. I knew you would want it and I knew it would be good for you. And you were like, no, I'm fine with what I have. And then you, fi- you finally went and got it. And then you were like, Ah, oh, the sword's great. I'm glad I chose to go get it on my own. Here's a question. Is it a stick? <laughs> yeah. If no. it's not a stick, then I'm not interested. Spears or nothing. Oh. I'm loving the fact that you're doing a spear build. There's a really, really good spear you can get later that's like charged with electricity. And I've used it to take it to the whole game. So stabby. It's stabby. Rad. Stabby stabby. Also, the block of a spear is a lot better than you'd think it would be, considering it's just a pole being held in front of you like this. Magic stick. Horizontal. It's cool. Anything else to say on Elden Ring, gents? I think we covered a lot of it last week. I'm, I think it's going to be... It is a, true. It looks visually very beautiful. Uh, I think that all the Souls-like games, well, from software games, have a beautiful look to them uh they do such a good job with world building and making everything feel nice that i'm just sort of excited to look at it well now my number one excitement game that was not my number one until like the last second Uh and when i tell you i I aged backwards and went back through the last 19 years of my life seeing this trailer. Okay. Metroid Dread. Not everyone's going to be as excited as I am for Metroid Dread. But as I showed tonight on my stream, I, I replayed Metroid Fusion, which was the last quote unquote new 2D Metroid game that's come out. That was 19 years ago in 2002. It's one of my favorite games ever made especially favorite metroids i love that game so much and as soon as like the metroid you know as soon as samus showed showed up i i got really excited and then when it said metroid 5 i wanted to scream i don't scream at video game reveals i get really excited like with elden ring i was like oh my god with metroid dread i literally was like ah, ah! <laughs> like i couldn't i cannot express to you how nice it is to get a sequel to a game that I love so much 19 whole years later. It's awesome. So I am so stoked for that. I'm excited. That's the end of my list. (laughs) Well, that was a pretty good list. I got to admit, I enjoyed the list. I think you got some good things there. There are a couple of things that I'd like to add, but on Metroid, I've never been a much of a Metroid kind of guy. I've, I liked that it had, a villain named Ridley, because it's not very often I get to see my my name in in video games. Uh, I'm, I've got a few games I'm looking forward to. Uh, one of them is obviously Somerville, as we discussed. It looks like an incredible experience. Um, I really loved Limbo. I would like to play Inside sometime. I've not played it yet, but it looks incredible too. Um, I've got it on my Xbox. I've got it on my sex box. It's interesting. <gasps> the sex box. <laughs> it's big and thick. It's like the sex I have. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the next one I like is Atomic Heart, 
Red Nut's been talking about this a fair bit. Um, I really like, really, really like the the look of that game. It looks wild, a little bit crazy, and I think that that's going to be a good thing. Then another game I kind of like the idea of was uh, one of them was the Anacrusis. That looks like a it's like Left for Dead. Um, in space. It looks like a left it in space, which looks kind of fun. And probably one of the ones that I don't know how I don't know how much oh, hype it yeah. got. But I heard a little bit of was Lemniscate, which is a first person shooter. Maybe a third yeah, it's first person shooter, but time keeps repeating. So like it's turn based. It's a first person shooter. So it, I think it might work functionally like search and destroy where like you'll run around, you'll shoot somebody, but if you throw a grenade, if somebody kills you from across the map and you know where that person is, on the next turn you can throw a grenade and that shit happens again. So you can save your old self's life, I think, based on what you do in the next life. So it's sort of like a you just keep repeating over and over and over again and it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier as people are trying to counter all the stuff that was just happening before. It looks kind of cool. Um, so I think that could, could be kind of fun. And yeah, beyond that, uh, you got your usuals. Like, um, am I excited for Halo? I don't know. Like so many Halo games feel the same in a lot of ways. Like I, I enjoy them enough, but it just starts to feel like that you're playing the same game over and over and over again. Uh, I am one game that is going to fall outside the usual realms of things we discuss is Forza Horizon 5. Very much looking forward to Forza Horizon 5. I love the it Horizon games. It looks really games. pretty. They're so much fun. Um, I like a simulation driving game too, but there's something fun about Forza Horizon 5. I sink a bunch of, I've sunk a bunch of hours into 3 and 4. A bit of 2 on the Xbox as well, but I played a bunch of, of 3 and 4 with half witty. Just real good. Real good. I played four, but I didn't have anybody to play with, so I dropped it pretty quickly. That's um, it, it is I'd be interested in five if I had people to play with. Well, you're looking at one. One thing, one of the things we like to do is we do like top gear challenges where you have $30,000 to buy a car and then you could fit it out with the what's left of those $30,000 and you just get some weird shit. Like I had a beige Prius that could do 280 miles an hour and that would, and it would make no noise. So I'd just be like up a mountain and it was fucking beautiful. And my little fridge on wheels was the best thing I've ever driven. I'm a I'm a sucker for Lamborghinis in car in games like that. So if I get access to a Lambo, um, I'm set. I'll be happy. Ooh, beige Prius only. Okay, that's fine. I guess I'll deal with the beige Prius thing as long as I get to play with you. That's the sound. But of if me you driving. ever abandon me, <laughs> if you ever abandon me, I will never play with you again. How can I abandon you, Dad? You got your hand on my half job. That's true. It's going to be hard to get rid of me. <laughs> I've got your life in the palm of my hands. I wish. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what are you looking forward to? 
I I have probably about three games that weren't already mentioned because a lot a lot of stuff has been you guys mentioned it already. But um, Life is Strange three. I love the Life is Strange True series. Colors. I am mm-hmm. a big fan of narrative stories type games. Um, I was turned off from that genre for a while because of a lot of narrative based games like that, like decision based games like that were very thin in terms of where your decisions actually made an influence. Uh, But the first life is strange game was one of the games that really, I felt like they actually took those choices and they actually bore some importance. Now the second game I haven't finished yet. I'm actually playing it on stream tomorrow. So by the time this podcast comes out, I'll probably have changed the fact that I haven't finished that yet. But um, aside from that, um, Far Cry 6, I was surprised by how much I was interested in the story of that from the the reveal trailer, not reveal trailer, but the, the story trailer from the Ubisoft press conference. I felt very invested in the story. So I'm curious to see, and I have not played a Far Cry game before. Again, I'm going to change that soon. But it it really grabbed my attention, and it made me want to know what was going to happen with that story. Um, and my third game, which I, I don't know if this, is, if this is a popular one or not. I felt like it always was, but the new WarioWare game for the Switch, I think it's Get It Together. I always loved those games. They were fun, like pick up and play for a little while and, or play on the go. Cause they were always on the handheld game. Well, not always. There is the Wii one, um, but most of them were on the, the DS. So it was always fun to just like pick up and play on the go. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I was hyped that they announced a new one. I've never played a warrior Wear game nor a warrior game. So it should be fun to check out, see people playing it, see if it's for me. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited by just, I'm pretty excited by a bunch of the releases. I gotta say, I think there's a whole bunch of, uh, of interesting looking stuff. I think that the one that we're all sleeping on is Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora. I couldn't care less about that game coming out. <laughs> it looks fine. But holy hell, I saw as soon as I saw one of the the people from that movie, I was like, all right, well, so that's a game that I'm sure a lot of people are excited for that I'm going to just immediately write off as not going to play it. I I don't care. (laughs) I know Avatar was very I hope it's a great game. I really hope it's an amazing game. I know Avatar was very popular when it first came out. Like it was such a big deal for the 3d animation and how impressive it was for the time period. Are there a lot of people that are still interested? I know they're making sequels. There's like three or four sequels planned. Supposedly there's five movies or four movies. I think it's five movies actually. I think they added one. But didn't they say that like six years ago? To be fair, as I think our resident movie guy, I can say that they have been shooting back to back to back. Uh, I believe that's an element of why the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, most recent movie, has been pushed back and had not much to do with, with it had not much to do with James Gunn, but more so with Zoe Saldana not being available um, for 
Avatar purposes. Because I think they've been filming in New Zealand for like almost two years now. So I think that that's what's happening. I also agree with Joe in a sense that I don't know if too many people are hyped up about Avatar anymore. I just knew that if I mentioned that, one of you was going to bite hard. I was just like, yeah, you sent that line out and I I hooked myself. I grabbed that hook and went. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, fuck that game. I don't care about it. (laughs) I think think it'll be, I think it could be kind of pretty. Uh, But that's about it. But there's one thing I do want to talk about, which is how do we feel about the Unreal Engine 5 and what it's going to add to video games in the very and probably distant future? Uh, so if you want a quick breakdown of what the core component of, Un- of Unreal Engine 5 is, is they're figuring out a way that you can create a... So say you're making a human hand, you could create a realistic mapping of the hand, and if it was made currently, you'd have a set amount of polygons to make up the the image of the hand when your virtual camera is right up against it, and those polygons would remain the same as you pan out because that's the way models work. And sometimes that's why you get pop-in textures and things like that a lot because they go from being a distance-rendered model to being a close-rendered model. So the way Unreal Engine 5 works is it starts as a realistically rendered hand, then the further you get away from it, it starts to calculate what parts it needs to break down to make it a more simplified version of that hand in real time. So you'll be able to have an incredibly detailed, say, close-up of somebody's finger, potentially, like a fingerprint. And as you pan out, you won't need to code in anything different to make that hand change into a more low-res not model. It'll just take the information available and automatically start to break it down which means we're going to start to see games have a faster turnaround time because you're only making models and it's procedurally generating over time. We're also going to see games that look fucking beautiful constantly, which I think is going to be wild. Have you guys heard about much about the Unreal Engine 5? Not really. I've seen that it's like... I guess the definition of revolutionary right mm-hmm. now, I've seen like concepts that's come of it. And I know unreal engine just in general is it lives up to its name. It always has kind of done that. So I'm really excited to see what comes of it. I'm looking at some screenshots now of like ruins and stuff. People have made in unreal five. Um, and like the, the global illumination lumen thing mm-hmm. looks really awesome. Um, to have it reacting to light changes and stuff in real time as well. I'm excited to see. I, I, I wonder, cause I'm looking at this render. It looks very similar to that new dark pictures anthology game. That's coming out. The, mm, the, yeah. uh, I wonder if that game is utilizing unreal five or if it's still using four or something else. I think I'm um, looking at the same pictures as you are. And I get that yeah. same impression. It looks just like that House of Ashes game. Yeah, thank you, House of Ashes. And so I'm excited to see what comes of it. I, I, I've i never followed, like, this aspect of gaming super hard. Like, I'll follow the new the newer stuff that's immediately noticeable. I'm not, like, a deep into the, the code, deep into the process sort of person, unless someone brings it forward to me. Like, I don't actively seek it out, but it's still very cool to me. Yeah. I just, I pay attention to these things. I pay attention to these things a fair bit 
just because they have a large impact on the film industry. So things like Unreal and stuff play very heavily into the way like backgrounds are made for films. So if you watch The Mandalorian and stuff like that, pretty much everything there is created in Unreal, then imported into like Cinema 4D. And basically every background you see is a computer generation. So that's kind of wild to me, you know, like that this could also revolutionize the way movies are made. It's very exciting stuff. I'm definitely excited to see more of it. It's about, it's, it's just rolled over into like they're, they've released timelines for the transfer of like full support between four and five. Right. Mm, yeah. So it's, it's in motion and that's exciting. Mm. I'm sorry. I don't know much more about it though. I'd love to engage in like a really solid, long conversation about it. Please. I'll do my research and I'll report back in like three weeks. I don't think we're going to do an Unreal Engine 5 episode. It doesn't have to be an episode, baby. We can just talk. Question: (laughs) What do you all think about Unreal Engine 5? Beardy Bunch question of the week. Unreal Engine 5. What is your favorite aspect of it? And you can't (laughs) use lumens. Yeah, We've already (laughs) said that. We already said that. That's my thing. One game we did talk about, I believe Andrew brought it up on a previous episode as um, topical news. Dragon Quest Twelve is being produced in the Unreal Engine 5. Ooh. I didn't bring Dragon Quest up. Uh, I talk about it a lot, though. I love I Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest Twelve has me very excited, but I don't know anything about it, so it wasn't part of my games I'm stoked for, hmm. you know? I, I just think it's going to be awesome. I'm also a little bit nervous about what that means for my current graphics card. You know, Bessie Lou down here. My 1660 is already screaming, and I'm playing games from four years ago. So, yeah, I, I want that'll to, tell you. Yeah, but we'll see, won't we? Won't we? We'll see. <laughs> Talking about the questions that we have asked our dear friends in our wonderful discords we have a couple of responses and the first response i got was from the wonderful zeb litha who said uh they didn't watch any any uh e3s but they're looking forward to mario party which was followed up by our dear friend moose who said same peach's birthday cake has always been my favorite board to play on Plus, that online feature will make playing with my peeps so much easier. I have some concerns about Mario Party, the new Mario Party. Why only five boards? Why are they... They seem like they're really doing the bare minimum. Like, they only did five boards on Super Mario Party. Everyone had had a big stink about it because there was... I think it was like half the boards that were in the previous game. Um, I don't know if that's exact, but I know a lot of folks quoted that as one of the big issues. There were only five playable boards and now they're doing this big collection where they're just remastering old boards, yet they're still only doing the bare minimum five boards, Mm. which I'm sure the game is going to be fantastic. I'm sure it's going to be really fun to play with friends. 
it just seems like there's not going to be a ton of content, which was my concern with the previous Mario Party. I have a feeling that I basically feel the same way. That is, it's essentially just a money spinner that they know is going to sell pretty consistently from game to game. And it's going to just be your usual crowd of people that like to play games as a group. Uh, sort of like Jackbox in a way, you know, like Jackbox is is always fun, but there are all, usually one or two games in there that are like, yeah, whatever, for the most part. So you can sort, I'm sort of, I want to see what the next Jackbox box pack is like, but it sort of feels like, yeah, well, they know they're going to sell this many because they sell that many all the time. So there's no real onus to be like, let's, put a lot of let's put the hard yards in to make it amazing so i think that mario party is much the same but like you're not wrong the 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 previous mario party sold phenomenally well it basically hmm. printed money for nintendo yeah Uh, i think it even exceeded their expectations for it um and my 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 suspicion is because we know they recently came out with the online mode for super mario party we we played it on my channel one evening Hmm. Uh, it works. It works really well. But my suspicion is the whole reason they rolled that out was to test it for the new Mario Party. Agree. I think that it's just the best way to do user testing without actually needing to change the formula so much. Which makes me think that they're just. I mean, I guess Nintendo doesn't change too much in terms of its look and feel a lot of the time. So they're probably just using the same infrastructure to build this new game. So I guess they're just going to slap a new paint job on it. And then that's the new Mario party. But I think that that's just the way Nintendo operates in a lot of ways with some things is that they have all these great franchises. They drop one every couple of years. And because it's like, Oh, it's Mario party. I remember playing that when I was 10, it's like, okay, I've just, it just sells and sells and sells. And then it's the same as like, Zelda. If Zelda was a Bethesda game, there'd be a new Zelda game every two years without fail. You know, like, and Zelda is probably the one with the biggest and fastest turnaround between games. When you think about it, we didn't talk about Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It's because we still don't know anything. They said, <laughs> if they said, it only said 2022. There was no confirmation of actually coming out in 2022. That could have just meant news in 2022. I have a lot of words regarding Nintendo and Zelda at the moment because Zelda is my favorite franchise ever. And um, yeah, you know what? They're stubborn over there. They could so easily do a lot of things like take a lot of the really popular games off of the dead console, the Wii U, and bring them over to Switch with minimal effort, and they won't do it. They just won't do it. The 35th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda came and went, and we got a game and watch. I'm sorry, a link and watch. Um, and that's and and then I guess technically Skyward Sword, but like that was it. And I'm I'm happy about the Skyward Sword part. Don't get me wrong; it's not my favorite of the games. It'll be fun to replay it without using the horrid motion controls. But like. Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, even Ocarina of Time, or just maybe Nintendo bringing a Game Boy Advance uh, channel over to the Switch like they have for SNES and NES. Like, 
that's the stuff that everyone would shell out double the money for than the stuff they're releasing is new, but they know they're going to get money from the new stuff anyways. So it just feels like they, they they'll dangle like, like maybe we'll do that. And then they don't. And that just, I got kind of set off about that in this last, this last E3. And then of course, when they were like, we have one thing to show you, you know, how Numa was up there. You got all like, you know, Zelda. And then it was the freaking, uh, calamity, uh dynasty warriors game which is fine great game but like they had the season pass announcement for that and then they followed it up with that teaser for breath of the wild 2 that showed link either becoming water or going back in time through stuff and that's how he's going through these cliffs and whatnot i don't know but i just i was set off by how they prefaced that vague trailer with this big hey look at age of calamity has a season pass and i was like why isn't that two separate videos? You know, like separate them so people can be excited about one and not get excited for the first one. And then they get disappointed because it was Age of Calamity. And then when Breath of the Wild shows up, it's not what they wanted to see anyways. And then they're less excited anyways, because their hopes are anyways. I could I could keep rambling. I was upset anyways. <laughs> I, I feel like Breath of the Wild 2 is nowhere near ready. I don't think it's at all. I think 2024 at the earliest I also get the feeling. I hope that, I'm wrong. I also get the feeling that when you have a game release date these days and they just chuck out a year, that's basically saying we don't even know when it's coming out. And you look at like you look at uh, what, you look at the Outer Worlds two trailer, which was basically just heaping shit on the entire E three event. And everything to do with E3, basically. And it was a very knowing, intelligent trailer to release because we've basically just been promised the world by everybody for the past, like, couple of days. And now it's like, hey, no one knows anything. Even the developers don't know what the (laughs) protagonist is going to look like. So it's just, it was such a perfectly timed trailer and had the perfect tone. And... Yeah, it's definitely not going to come out in 2022. And as long as they don't do a cyberpunk, which is this is the day it's coming out, but uh, two weeks before I'll be like, no. Um, As long as they don't do that, there's going to be no blowback because cyberpunk still did very well despite being a very buggy game at launch and not being available on the most popular console. For a lot of that time. It's still not available. Isn't it coming out in a couple of weeks? I think so. Yeah. It's still pretty buggy too. Yeah. It, like it hasn't been fixed. They put in a, they, when they released the, the thing to fix it, it, it was causing huge Broke issues. More things. Games, you know, like, were you, were you present for when I loaded up cyberpunk that one day and I spawned on top of a skyscraper and there was no <laughs> way to safely get down at any time. Anytime I jumped off just to see if I could like land in the water or if it would respawn me lower, it would just respawn me on top of the building again. It was so nice. I was having a great time. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was I thought funny. it was more of a feature than a bug. I think that's definitely a feature. Special. I'm voted of special game mode. Uh, and puzzle. Puzzle punk. Don't How do I wrong. get off this building? <laughs> I love cyberpunk though. Like that's the thing. Like, I, did I too. truly love cyberpunk. It was so much fun such a great story so just so fun to dive into but we all can agree that the launch of cyberpunk was an absolute shit fight 
and it still did okay. Like, yeah. So I think everything's going to be fine. It's just annoying. Rewinding a little bit to your Outer Worlds 2 trailer, I just wanted to add in that is the best video game like announcement trailer that has ever been put out because of how candid it was. I, I will disagree. The best announcement trailer I've ever seen was the Dead Island trailer. If you remember the Dead Island trailer, it was by far the best announcement ever. They had that song. It was an earworm. It got in your head. It looked beautiful. Are you talking about Who Do You Voodoo, Bitch? Is that the song no, you're no. talking about? No. Oh, okay. It's like, this, it's like this really nice piano piece. It's very oh, slow, okay. methodical. It's like a... It's, it's basically like... It's a completely slow-mo trailer, but it's beautiful. And then the game came out. It was nothing like that. And everyone was like, this is fucking bullshit. We wanted the trailer. <laughs> I go back and listen to that trailer. That trailer music is in my everyday playlist to this day. I have it playing right now. <laughs> I don't remember this. It was hype stations when this shit, when that shit dropped. I think that, that I think the Outer Worlds trailer is cool. But, and I think it's hilarious and great, and definitely my favorite trailer of E3. But I think that in terms of hype, that that got me right in the nutsack with a swift kick. I was like, oh, Dead, tra- da- dead Island's going to be fucking sick. And then I started playing, and I was like, Dead Island's fucking shit. <laughs> uh, I've been told that regardless, or, you know, as shitty as it is by yourself, Apparently, if you get some friends to play it with, it's actually very fun. I was playing it with friends. It wasn't that good. Don't believe I the hype. With... Sorry to toss your friends you heard over it the first. Yeah. It's okay. That my game friends, that my came friends, out My friends all abandoned me anyways. <laughs> that game that came out in 2010, you should avoid it. 2011? I don't know when it came out. Something like that. That yeah. ship has sailed, my friend. Going to the dead island of games. <laughs> Is that like the the island of misfit toys? Yes, it really is. It just it's just it's just sitting there with Fallout seventy six. <laughs> just like it's like would... Fallout seventy six, Sonic 06, yes. uh, ET. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just like sitting on a log yeah. on the coast. And they're like. Are they ever gonna come back for us? Are they gonna ever remaster us? They're just like, they have like these long beards. It's gonna say they're all sitting around and dead and, and cyberpunk or something washes up there. It's like, hey, hey guys, how long have you been here? It's like oh, I've been here for nine years, and and so and then it's like I've been here for twelve years, and then it's like, who's who's in charge around here? Him, and then also there's just this NES cartridge of ET just on a beach covered with a beard that's about 12 feet long. It's like, he doesn't speak anymore, but he's seen unspeakable things. So back to questions. <laughs> Hard <laughs> left turn. I, I have one on my Discord um, from our good friend RDX Lethal TTV, who states, mm. uh, Dying Light 2, Far Cry 6, and Back for Blood looks nice, but Far Cry 6 looks promising considering I'm a Far Cry geek and played every Far Cry since Far Cry 2. 
I'm excited for Far Cry 6. I haven't played 5, but I've enjoyed every Far Cry game I've played. They're a bit of minus fun. Very different, but a similar vibe to me is Just Cause. They're just fun to pick up and play for a bit. Cause a bit of mayhem. Have a bit of fun. I've I've not had the opportunity to play one yet, but I did pick up. Uh, if if Ubisoft has succeeded at anything through their press conference, I picked up Far Cry's three through five on <laughs> sale on the PlayStation Store almost immediately after their press conference. So clearly they did something right. Yeah, they were only five dollars. Five and I think one of them was ten, ten dollars on sale. So I only spent like twenty bucks for for all three of them but they've succeeded in pulling me in and interesting me so they've done well, something right well i was going to say that that's 20 bucks they didn't have before so that is a success even you if it's bought them all lunch or one guy lunch yeah good job joe also um, let me know when you launch either four or five they you don't have to play them in numerical order they're not linked um but as far as i know both of those have co-op and I have both as well. So if you want someone to play with you and cause mayhem right alongside of you, I, I will be there. Sweet. In four, there are these like bike helicopter plane things. They're like, you sit in them like, I don't know. It's like a bicycle golf cart that flies um, and they explode on the slightest impact. So <laughs> I can, I can see that being very fun for you. I cannot um, wait. I will say I was confused. So I bought those three numbered titles. Yes. And then all these other Far Cry games are popping up. It's like New Dawn. and Oh, you need to play Blood Dawn Dragon. Something. Blood Dragon's amazing. Uh, like, even if you never play another Far Cry in your life, Blood Dragon's amazing. Are these um, main storyline games? Or are these, like, offshoots from the main game? Blood Dragon was Both? an offshoot of three, I believe. Yeah. But it's, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. It, it is basically cyberpunk before cyberpunk existed in a lot it's of amazing. ways. It's it's basically outrun the video game. It's um, amazing. New Dawn is technically a sequel to the... Is it the bad ending of uh, Far Cry 5? I need to look it up to reconfirm. I think it, it is a sequel of a kind to 5. It's like post fives events. Okay. Um, I haven't played it though, so I don't know exactly. Yeah. I'm a resident uh, professional guesser, so. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I do like those professional guesses, though. I mean, I said that they were going to show a Marvel XCOM game at E3, and E3 also once again just decided to give me a little sack whack and be like, no. You don't get to make hot takes, despite the fact I could edit it out of the episode. But that's not that's not me. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to own my mistakes. Here at the Beardy Bunch, we don't edit anything out except for ums, ahs, and dead air. And and sometimes little bits of conversation that just go on for a little bit too long when I'm trying to cut an episode down from two hours and ten minutes into a more congestible size. So, uh, Dan... You've got some questions? Yeah. I sure do. Um, I dropped them actually in our group chat. So, Joe, if you want to alternate with me as we go through these. Um, there, I'm going to start with the second one on my list. 
because it's kind of like the throwaway answer. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've kind of like touched on a lot of them, but Oxidia Spire writes, there were so many good ones. And this is a great example of an answer that is bad. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, there were uh, an okay amount of good ones. I'm, I would love for after you hear this to elaborate on which ones were the good ones to you. Um, because there's not much to go off of for that one. Mm. I can read a second one if you like. I just wanted to call him out. <laughs> Understandable. I'll go next. I'll go next. Okay. Because I've got two l- lengthy ones, and they're, they're the only two I have left. So I'll go next. I have a few, so bear with me. This is from Rednut. Rednut, friend of the show. Key memester. I have a few, so bear with me. Top five in no particular order. Number one, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Because it's Borderlands universe, and it's always great. <laughs> Unique visuals and funny slash grindy content, which I'm all about. Two replaced. This looks cool and taps into the DOS nostalgia of childhood gaming. Three. Contraband. Looks real cool. Keen to find out more about it. Four. Stalker 2. Looks tremendous. I might have to go back and play the original anticipation. And number five. Battlefield 2042. This is on par with what I'm most keen on as it's been so long since I've gone into an online FPS and Battlefield 2 is still my fave of all time in that game category. Finally, an honorable, honorable mention just due to... Finally, an honorable mention just due to the fact it's still so far away, but Starfield by Bethesda could be the next big thing. Here's hoping. Thank you, Redna. Thank you. Good answer. Detailed. I like that. Yeah. We're not here to fuck spiders, mate. What? I hope, <laughs> I hope that's, not. That's an Australianism. We're not here to Is fuck really? Yeah. You got to teach us that these are Australianisms where you just drop them on us in a live recording. <laughs> Look. You're like, listen here, gents. This is an Australianism. I have this some how real I concerns. Talk. I'm Billy Ritz. I like yeah, how a, British I am good. all of a sudden. <laughs> that's, that's a, a good one that's a good Master british one. accent that's a fantastic it, no, british accent it's, it's nothing really to worry not. about um it's definitely not australian though come on i just want i can't do come on i just want you both i, I refuse to try. come on no see just you tried to get me second. to do stream once no just no. for a second just try to say I'm i not know i can't spiders come on I'm not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> ain't, ain't fucking with these spiders. I'm sorry, you sound like you're from. You sound like you're from where I live. <laughs> nah, I ain't, I ain't here to ain't here to fuck spiders. You, okay, now you sound like you moved from New York to where I live, and you're kind of mixing both. This is so good. I love this. Ain't nobody got time for spiders. <laughs> It's got do you have bronchitis? <laughs> Ain't nothing to do with spiders. I got bronchitis. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love that. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> Dad? What am I saying again? I'm not here to fuck spiders. 
I'm not here to fuck spiders. Well, that was pretty. That was that started pretty good. Spiders <laughs> went off the rails a little bit, but whatever. It wasn't as heinous as whatever Joe was doing. <laughs> I'm not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> <laughs> now you're way off. Not here to fuck spiders. It means that you got serious business to do. Oh, okay. Because you're not here to fuck spiders. I, I would yeah. like that if it didn't involve spiders or fucking them. Yeah, but that's the idea. You're not here to do it. If we get 5,000 supporters on Buy Me a Coffee, I will make sure Joe gets I'm not here to fuck spiders tattooed on him somewhere. That's a bit. Well, I mean, I'd get it done. 5,000. <laughs> If we so, got five we'll all get it done. I'm getting. I'm not here to fuck spiders tattooed on me. Somewhere. I mean, it's it's not it's not wrong. That's I'm exactly not opposed right. to this idea because it's accurate. I'm never here to fuck spiders. I don't even want to look at a spider, let alone fuck a spider. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh but, 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 Joe, do you have another question for us? I do. We have an answer from, and I, I hope I hope I don't butcher this name, Scolian from over on ATM Zero's Discord, who states, Elden Ring, Souls game, open world, every demigod boss is written specifically by George R.R. R. Martin. I think I'm the wrong person to read this answer. <laughs> by George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> it's like my wet dream. Next would be if he actually finishes Winds of Winter. Thank you. Thank you, Scolian. Thank you. Thank. You. It's not going to happen. Spoiler. He's not going to finish Winds of Winter, and all those bosses are going to be horribly written. The best part about Elden Ring will be everything that George R. R. Martin didn't do. Follow-up spoiler: A Song of Spring is never coming. It's <laughs> look, it's gone. It's Song of Spring, yeah. Anymore. Song of Spring ain't coming. We know that. But what's with all this sudden George R. R. Martin hate? That is just know emanating from the two of you. You're basically now saying that he stunning. can't write. Oh no, no, this is not. Sudden. Did we? I'm almost positive we discussed this on the last we, podcast. We, we have touched. This on is this. why I'm bringing it up again because last week you two were both like, "Yeah, I know it's not going to be good." Like in terms of like he's not going to finish. We understand that he's lazy. I said, I sympathize with George. But now Dad is saying that he thinks that the bosses are going to be, the demigods are going to be terribly written. Strictly because they're written by George R. R. Martin. Listen, the more, so I guess it's a case of defiance on my part because I was already kind of upset with the, we talked about it. I was upset with the guy's work ethic and how just like he doesn't come across as someone who's very proactive towards things that people he gets people excited for but there are so many people defending him in every way on the internet that it has just sent me into this like red vision rage anytime i see his name like he works hard he's he's got a lot of problems like okay then he shouldn't work on this many projects or maybe he should be candid about where he's at with his books or you know not just like holding himself up and then there's all these people who are like like everything he writes is a gift from God. And like, no. First thing. I don't want to. So I've been sent into this red rage because of all of these people coming out of the woodwork. I'm I mean, so glad that I'm bringing more, more and more troops over to my side of the war on George R. R. Martin. 
All of my close friends know the one way to trigger me. You just say his name in my presence, and I'm immediately mad. <laughs> I'm going to have to start just bringing up George more and more often. Just like, hmm. I won't talk there. about it anymore. I won't I won't go into my, my rages anymore. I've explained what, what I how I feel now to my extent to like the hundred percent it's how I feel. Yeah, I so just there's no more for me to elaborate on. That's fair. I just think that we're giving George a short shift. I think there's plenty of time to bash out a bit of lore about a demigod in between looking after wolves in his wolf sanctuary and then just ignoring his typewriter for Winds of Winter. He's just got he's got the role in there. He just doesn't care anymore. He's really just constantly thinking about whose wiener he's gonna type up next in his next book. Who isn't? I see that Joe didn't jump in immediately with a me, so that means Joe <laughs> is constantly thinking about whose wiener he's gonna describe next. Yeah, well maybe maybe we're here with Joe Jism. Maybe the turgid sausage of his penis hung gently in the breeze. Joe Jism takes pride in in their description of said members. I don't know why, but you, that just you, made me... you have to you have to wait on the release of the first the first Joe Jism novel to really in, embrace. <laughs> I really can't the imagery. wait. <laughs> I really can't wait. But I don't know why. You're going to be able to, to close your eyes and you're going to see them. It's going to be like a field of them. It's going to be like you're wading <laughs> through a field. A field of, of thick members. And when you, when you describe them as members, I was thinking about members only jackets and then i was just thinking of like a pin pal style like hoodie with like just four dicks on the back they're all got little faces they're sort of leaning in together yeah i'm on board i imagined i imagined a field of people all holding like costco cards but they're oh no (laughs) like a membership card (laughs) different members I am aware. Just as sweaty, though, if you were to walk through them. Just a slick, to the touch, soft Costco member. Hey, I'm a Costco member. We don't really have a meal. We got well, we got a few now. But a Costco is coming to my local area, and then I too will be a Costco member. Costco, if you would like to Costco. If you would like to sponsor two-thirds of the podcast, we'd be happy to have you. Just shoot us an email over at beardybunchpod at gmail.com. You, you could send you can send a, a glizzy van to pick me up and take me to a Costco in an area not near me because there's no Costcos around here. I'll, I'll enlist in, in the good cause. But you've got to you've got to send you've got to specifically send a van that's shaped like a hot dog to pick me up because otherwise I'm not getting in. Costco makes their own um, extra long conies or I guess uh, glizzies, um, and they're really good. All right, come come get me, come pick me I up. Will. I'm ready. I will. Not, I will. Not bring you, Costco. You, no, I I will bring this you is, to this Costco. is part of the terms of. 
the sponsorship with Costco is they have to Joe, see send a wiener mobile. We were turned down by the official wiener mobile because your terms are too steep. Well, we yeah. need the unofficial, the unofficial Costco wiener mobile, the like what knockoff if, brand wiener mobile. What it's is it? It's just a hearse that's like orange. An extra long thermos for the extra long glizzies. So you could keep the extra long glizzies nice and hot and you could just pull them out of the thermos and construct a glizzy then and there and then consume. That'll that'll really ha- that'll really come in handy for the the glizzy goblins takeover of society. <laughs> Is it bad that when you started describing an extra long thermos, I all I could think of is that that weird like as seen on TV product that's like a banana case. <laughs> yes. It's like yes. you put the banana the single banana in the case. I was like, "Oh, you could just put a hot dog in that." Oh, you just slurp it up. And so Joe sneaks into these people. Now we're going to go back to the Joe apocalypse real quick. The glizzy brigade. <laughs> uh, he, when he's when he's selling food to these people, he's like, mm. I sell I pedal bananas. And then when you get in there, you're like, psych, it's glizzies. <laughs> but that, Give this is a takeover. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a hostile takeover. Take <laughs> they're not actually glizzies. They're just grenades shaped like glizzies. Now give me all your food. Oh no! He's got so many weapons in his arsenal that are shaped like glizzies. <laughs> oh boy, Father, do you have another question for us? I sure do. Um, I've got one from my good friend Paytop, mm. who says, in response to our question, "Easy, Halo Infinite." Peyton loves Halo. I know this. He's excited for it. I personally am not, but I'm not a huge Halo verse person. Actually, I was going to deliver this hot take earlier. I was going to say, at this point, to me, Halo is Space Call of Duty with more health. Fair. I mean... I think Halo is... I I enjoyed playing a, a few of the storylines, but I'm like playing the campaigns with somebody. I've never been a huge fan of the multiplayer. That's about it. My brother liked it a lot. I was never really into it. Um, I've played three's story and I've, I've tried to play twos, um, but that was before they remade them. Mm. And I was in that point of my life where if it looked old and I didn't really want to play it unless it was a nostalgia factor. Um, I'd say that Halo everyone. Reach and OSDT. ODST. ODST. Yeah, that's one. Um, got a lot of, I got a lot of anagrams in my head. Uh, acronyms. Book. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that those two are the uh, the best ones I've played in terms of campaign. I actually really want to play ODST. Uh, not so much Reach. That's not because I don't think it's going to be good. I know the story for that one's actually really good and people really like it. But this stems into like when somebody overhypes something that you're not interested in so much that you lose any potential future interest in it as well that's kind of what happened to me with reach yeah just so many people around me would never shut up about it and i hit that point where i was like please stop talking about reach around me and so now you know please don't take that out of context i know i just said reach around me i was um, thinking that <laughs> i saw i saw the face um <laughs> I was like, but yeah so but i do want to play through the story of odst because i made it kind of far and then my xbox red ringed yeah. um i had an xbox arcade though the 360 so oh. i never had a better one than that yeah 
Um, I guess I could play it now. I have Game Pass, but yeah, it's there to be played. I feel like Halo has a very important place in gaming history that kind of changed the FPS genre back mm-hmm. on the original Xbox. But right now, I feel like it's just kind of lost in this sea of first-person shooters that have kind of risen out of its like original shadow from when it was, uh, what was it, the a shooter evolved originally when it first came out. They, they made Combat a big evolved. deal. Combat evolved. Combat yeah. evolved. They made a big deal that it was the next step in the shooter genre. And I just feel like the Call of Duties and the Battlefields and all those games just kind of rose out of the shadow of Halo. And now the newer Halos are just lost in that sea of there's just way too many franchises that try to do this a similar style of gameplay. Yeah, I agree. I think that it sort of reminds me of that meme of Splinter walking with the baby turtles and then that's Halo and then you got your cards of Battlefields as the baby turtles and now they're all sort of like grown up and pushing old little, helping little Splinter along. It sort of feels like that. I think that, as you said, they're very important, to, especially to console first-person shooters and I think that they are very much, I don't want to say responsible, but helped make consoles the force they are in the shooter world and then it's just they've stuck to the same formula nothing's changed much so it's just not it's just not as engaging to me as it once was truthfully the only reason i played through all the campaigns is because me and an ex played them together i didn't had no real interest in them and then we're just like she was like do you want to play through halo with me and i was like sure so we did that and that was it Suck it, Halo. Just kidding. You ruined <laughs> um, my relationship, Halo. No, that was a beautiful moment in our relationship. Okay, okay, okay. She was just mean. That's what ruined our relationship. Oh, okay. And not in the way that I usually like mean girls. She was mean right. in like a real pointed way. But my last question, my, my last answer is from Darvel, who responded to us. I personally have not really followed the E3, just heard bits here and there. Out of these bits, the standout game I'm looking forward to is Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I'm also eager to see how they can improve Final Fantasy Origin. You got to respect Square here for joining the Chaos meme, at least from what I saw from Twitter. In general, even though it didn't really play a role in E3, the game I'm most looking forward to so far about everything else is Neo. The world ends with you. Thanks, Darvel. I, I see the look on your face. That was not shown at E3. Is that is that the, the no, reason? No, it, it popped up. I is it called "The World Ends with You," Neo? I think mm. so. I never I caught can... that. So when he said Neo, I was like, Neo, like Neo, the yeah, Koei Tecmo, no, 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 like no. Souls-like game. <laughs> It's N-E-N-E-O, though, like Neo from The Matrix. From The Matrix. Oh, okay. Okay, that, that makes more sense. Sorry, I, I had a I had a moment. Um, <laughs> what? Is a new Neo? Basically. Yeah, I was about to freak out because I love Neo. I, I thought your expression was because you didn't remember the game being shown at E3, which well, it was I not. Don't, I don't think it was. They showed like a brief snippet of it coming, but that was like in the montage. It's it in their defense. It's coming out next month, so we've already seen a lot of footage from it. 
there probably wasn't a whole lot of reason for the, for them to show it. I do have a follow-up topic for us here in a second, um, sure. but I do want to go ahead and read the last answer. Um, I think we all have, which uh, comes from Ratzel who says uh, most excited for advanced wars one and two reboot camp. Um, I, I, I can get behind that if you're, long time fan or even a short time fan of like the turn-based strategy fire emblem-esque um advanced wars games the old especially on like ds and stuff they're so much fun and uh advanced wars being rebooted uh is pretty exciting for people who are fans of that genre and if you like that genre but haven't played them before probably would be worth picking up i i like that i like that game a lot yeah but my follow-up question to you guys, and we don't have to go very long on this at all, like one or two examples maybe. Um, what is something that was not shown or maybe not shown at length that you guys really wanted to see this year, either out of E3 or just uh, an announcement in general? Well, here's the question. Do we want to make that our question of the week for our fine viewers? Yeah, sure. We, we can, can ask do that. what they would like us to uh what they would have liked to have seen more of and just let us know what sort of things they're hyped about that we didn't get to see anything of at e3 okay i can get behind that i think then we that, can shelve that discussion for sure yeah i think come that back to be a next good week thing to discuss i think it gives us time to build some hype build some hype I think that's a good idea because I, I feel like that'll lead into a whole nother discussion of other games we're really excited for. Oh, because yeah. there's so many of them. There's so many that weren't mentioned that I, I'm just like, please, please tell me, is it still coming? Are they still making it? What's going on? Well, don't forget then that in August is uh, summer games or Gamescom. Gamescom. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is going to have a big Sony presentation, supposedly, and quite a few others. So it's possible some of our predictions may come to fruit or bear fruit in August during that. But for now, definitely. If Is there a game that they sneezed on during E3 that you were like, wait, I want to know more about that. And then they didn't ever go into it or just didn't show up at all. Um, mm. So let us know. You can uh, let us know if you are in the discords or by emailing your answers to beardybunchpod at gmail.com. Can I say before we close no. this discussion on the current on what we did see at E3, I, yeah. I think we're I think what we're witnessing is the death of like these kinds of game shows. The Internet is so prevalent now and information just flies so much more freely that mm. I think E3 and other game conferences like this are going to become obsolete. Back in the day when when E3 was, was much, it's still a big deal, but when it was a much bigger deal in the industry, it was not nearly as easy to get information out to the masses. Whereas now Nintendo can just one day decide they're going to drop a bomb of a new paper Mario game out of nowhere at like nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Back then it was like E3 was where you made your announcements. Now you don't, you don't have to, cause you can just drop them on Twitter and they'll circulate to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, 
I I get what you mean. Um, I think it definitely did start a few years ago, and with with the pandemic having canceled most of what happened last year, kind of really put a nail, another nail in that coffin. Um, Because like even when I went to E3 in 2017, like it was really exciting and really cool, and like the showcases on the floor were interactive, and you got to see more about the things they announced in 30 second to a minute and a half trailers. But the showcases themselves were still kind of like lacking, even even then. Yes. Um, and that's when people were still going in person. So I get what you mean. I kind of I, I want to see it res- like a resurgence of not releasing a tweet that's more exciting than an entire conference. Because, I mean, we saw how hype a conference can get when there's back-to-back really cool stuff that we just didn't see coming. Ironically, Ubisoft is the one that we kind of got that vibe from. Yeah. Because that that Rainbow Six Extraction, I had I had I knew it existed as a separate game briefly in Siege. Didn't know they were making a full game on it. And then the Far Cry story thing was really cool. And I know we had already known who the character was, the the dictator, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember his name. Gene Carlos Esposito. Thank you. Uh, seeing him like in action in the game engine was amazing, like really cool. And that was back to back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting this. And like that's but no one else could do that. I I tuned into I think it was the PC games show. Yeah. And it was so corny. <laughs> there was this guy having an argument with a fake AI robot that he just unplugged and was like, OK, we won't need to hear from you anymore. At the end of the showcase, that AI robot like took over and became like a Gundam. And it was but it had nothing to do with any of the games he was talking about. He was just having this bicker, like this argument with a fake computer. And it was like really corny. And anyways, that, I can't so yeah. believe you'd think that about that this could be something cringy and corny at a games event. No way. It's unheard of. I know. I know. I know. Pretty it's wild. unheard of. Hot takes. We're full of them. I never thought the day would come when I would state that. I, I never thought the words would come out of my mouth that I thought Ubisoft had the best press conference at any convention ever. But I yeah. think Ubisoft had the best had the best presentation. Yeah. They did the the in-depth interviews with those like the the developers that in Quebec and uh, Montreal. Uh, that was awesome. Like they actually were like informative, and it wasn't just like we're working on this game. I hope you're looking forward to it. I can't say anything else. Like that was really cool. So so Joe. Fuck. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, we alternate kind of introducing this segment every week. Um, but would you like to introduce our streamer of the week? I would be absolutely thrilled to introduce our streamer of the week, who this week is our very good friend, Serpent Cloud, uh, who recently just passed a pretty big milestone, I'm pretty sure. I know they did a. 12 hour stream not too long ago which was a ton of fun if you happen to be there and all around sorry what what were they celebrating 200 followers on twitch very very exciting huge milestone um i stopped by to see them briefly that day and uh ended up 
popping by again after I streamed that day as well. And it was just, they were having so much fun. And they always do. So I highly recommend checking them out. Every time I see them in any of like our fellow streamer communities, they're always very supportive and positive and they're just a wonderful all around wonderful individual. So mm. I, f- I feel like they're, they're definitely a must view on the, on the Twitch platform. I agree. I think so. So much fun. So enjoyable. The first time I think I discovered SERP was through a Ghost Pepper co-stream with SERP. And it was so much fun just to catch it SERP and getting to know that community. So cool. So wonderful. And I can't wait to see what more. So congratulations, SERP. 200 followers. That's something that's so cool. That is not the sound of somebody masturbating in your honor. That was applause. <laughs> that was the sound of somebody masturbating <laughs> yes. in your honor. This has been Joe Jism. <laughs> uh, so, I just wanted to then say that it's been such a wonderful time having this discussion with you two gentlemen. And it's been so nice having you joining us, listening to this podcast. I cannot wait to see what the future holds. I think it's going to be so much fun. And uh, I just wanted to say I love your faces. So thank you. And I'm going to talk to you next week. Joe? I'm so thrilled by the the outpouring of support we've gotten since we've started the podcast. And I am so appreciative of everyone that's been answering our questions, that's been giving us input. Um the, the wonderful Red Nut who's been making us memes after each episode. It's It's been fantastic. So I just want to thank everybody, everybody that's listening and everybody that's here hanging out with us. It's been fantastic. And to our one friend who keeps downloading every episode in Japan, we see you and we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Japanese friend. Dad, you got to do your dad voice. And, and sign my out. dad voice? I have to do my dad voice? Your dad voice. Oh, I thought you were telling me to do a voice. <clears throat> well, son. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, to echo everything that Billy and Joe just said, thank you all so much for the nonstop amazing support, the constant ideas and answers and everything. They they make just doing this podcast have an extra spice. You know, if without these viewer questions... We would just be three jackasses talking to each other with probably no end in sight, which isn't a bad thing. But at this point, I think the viewer question is what keeps us from having five hour episodes. So thanks. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And before we sign off, I just want to leave you guys with a bit of advice because, you know, that's just my shtick now. Um, I actually gave this advice tonight in chat uh, during my stream. Uh, to one of my viewers who was complaining about having stuff that they needed to do, but being very tired. And my, my advice was listen to your body. Uh, You know, he was saying he was very tired and I, I immediately said to him, if you're tired, then rest, you know, things that you tell yourself you need to do can be put off for the sake of your own mental and physical health. And if it is something that someone has given to you as a deadline, just be candid with that person. Say, hey, I need 
you know, a, an extension. I need I need you to wait just a little bit longer. I can't do this right now. I need to take care of myself. I don't feel well. Be honest. Don't, you know, make up excuses to go around it. Um, most people can see through that and you can see through that and then you'll just feel worse for it. Being honest is the key to just being happier and healthier with yourself. And then resting is what keeps you that way. Well said, Father. I, I gave that advice and immediately that person in my chat said, I now understand why everyone calls you dad. <laughs> that's sweet. Uh, well, that's all we have for you for tonight's episode of the Beady Bunch. If you do want to get in touch with us, you know you can find us on email at beardybunchpod at gmail.com. And if we don't hear from you until next week, we'll see you around. Love you all. Love you all. See you in episode nine. Have an absolutely fantastic week, everyone. Thank you again. Bye. Bye. See you later, everybody. Bye.